Steve, can you laugh for me? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, that sounds okay. Yeah, just like, now be a petulant <laughs> smirk. Okay. Now a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Companion. This is episode 180. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing first season animated series episodes, Once Upon a Planet, Mud's Passion, The Terratan Incident, and The Time Trap. Here we go. Once Upon a Planet, Season 1, Episode 9, Production Code 22017, Original Air Date, November 3rd, 1973, Directed by Hal Sutherland, Written by Chuck Minville and Lynn Jansen. The Enterprise crew revisits a fondly remembered amusement park planet, hoping for some rest and relaxation. The crew discovered that the planet's caretaker, who had once overseen the operations of the facility, is now dead, and the unintended machinery is constructing dangerous images from the crew members' thoughts. Lieutenant Lahura is captured by the planet's master computer, who is, in the wake of the caretaker's death, resents being made to serve others and also seeks to take control of the Enterprise computer and starts manipulating the ship's systems. I must continue to grow and live. Sky machines? Slaves? What are you talking about? With your sky machine, I can now escape this rocky prison and travel the galaxy seeking out my brother computers. Well, my first question about this episode has to be, WTF is that sound that M-Rest makes. Hmm. You know the sound I'm talking about? Yeah, it's like a, it's like a bad purr. I mean, if you ask me, if you ask me to try to purr here, that's what... Yeah, I don't know, I think there's a little purr in there, but I think there's also some kind of like cooing going, like a bird, maybe? I thought she was gargling. <laughs> gargling? I I think that... No, I thought about it, though, really. I think there's, like, this weird combination of, like, a pigeon's coo and a cat's purr, and the concept of mixing a bird and a cat is is not logical. Mm. Right? That would be like mixing a meow and a and a bark. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... I don't know. I found that sound disconcerting every time she made it. Um, so what's this episode about? No, we're, <laughs> no, sorry, we gotta do more. <laughs> um, no, I I like the idea that they return to. We talked last time about animated series being an opportunity to do these little like episode yeah. sequels that they really didn't have the chance to do in the original series. And if if they'd all been that, we wouldn't have liked it. But there's there's a few of them, and there's just enough. And wonderfully they pick like the right episodes to return to you know i think the idea of going back to the shore leaf planet is cool um I, you know no i don't think any of the episodes we're talking about today are are maybe all that great including this one but you know i think it was a a sound concept to to come here and i think they came up with an interesting enough story at, at least the idea of it 
you know, so that it's different yet the same, you know, the way they got rid of the caretaker. Is that what actually what they call him, the caretaker? I think so. Yeah, that's the same name in um, Voyager's mm-hmm. pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so I like the I like the concept and stuff. I'm just not sure that the actual realization was all that grand. Um, Steve, what what do, you, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I agree that this is a good good choice for doing a sequel. You can show things. You know, if it's one of these kind of anything you can imagine can can appear in there, it's obviously a good candidate because you know, on a budget in live action, you can't just show anything. So that makes sense. Um, you know, it's. Um, I I think the uh, I I guess I get where they're going with it. You know that the there's like kind of a, uh, the the computer is um, decides that it doesn't want it wants to do its own thing. Doesn't want someone else telling it what to do. I mean we've kind of seen this notion before. Kurt gets to uh, talk the computer down, if not to death. So that's kind of in character and uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not a bad thing, and it's fun to return to some place that we've seen in the original series. So, you know, Adam. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I mean, as far as sequels go, I mean, one of the kind of things that I've noticed with, um, I don't think we talked about this in the past with these episodes. It seems like um, some of the um, secondary character, secondary characters have got a little bit more meat in these. Lahura has um, a pretty, pretty good role in this, um, this episode. Um, talking she's the one down there that's captured by the computer and she's talking with him and mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice to see you know it's just not all you know kirk spock and mccoy you know you get a little bit of um, you get a little bit more from um some of the other characters in this um you know even sulu's um got a decent role in this um episode um so i mean yeah steve's right you know you can with the animation you, you obviously you can show a two-headed dragon breathing fire and you know you know better flying effects, just things that you could do with animation at the time that you couldn't do. Um... Or what about those amazing wooden signs that roll <laughs> up from the bushes? Yes. Mm. That's a pretty incredible It's taking advantage stuff. of the medium, yes. yes. Yes, definitely, yeah. We did get to see, you know, loss of gravity, which you can't really see very effectively in live action, especially back right. then. Yeah. So. What, Star Trek Six is the yeah. only time I can think of them really doing it? Oh, there was like a teaser in Enterprise, maybe. Mm-hmm. Who's in the shower? Yeah, but yeah, that that was kind of neat. Surprised they didn't do that like every episode of the animated series. Right. <laughs> Darn it, we lost gravity again. <laughs> just for just for fun. Why don't we turn off gravity today? You know, fool around a bit. <laughs> um, yeah, they 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 return to some common themes. You have the computer, you know, the the deadly computer that's gonna you know take over the world. Kirk talking it down. So those are some common themes that um that are obviously in the, the original series that they continued on here. The computer, like, you know, he's got a real robot-y voice, right? There's some one moment whenever they, Kirk, I think, tells him, no, the Enterprise is, we built the Enterprise and we use it and it's not, it's not our slave or something. And the computer says, this is a shock. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking. (laughs) Sounds shocked, yeah. Yeah, you sound really shocked. (laughs) That's what I thought. Yeah. Actually, there was another part that, that made me chuckle because the computer, the robot-y voice says, with your sky machine, I can escape this planet seeking out my computer brothers. <laughs> and then there's a hard cut to Kirk and Spock. And because it's animation, they save money. They, they, there's a lot of shots with no motion in them. So it just cuts to them and they're not moving at all. It's practically a still image. 
it just it felt like a comedic moment like there was going to be this beat and then they would start laughing (laughs) (laughs) my computer brothers yeah yeah. (laughs) that's what i felt like it was gonna be (laughs) yeah they could have like you know like or something you know they wouldn't have to make any animation for it you know yeah that's true (laughs) we could have that (laughs) that'd be a fun little project to go in and like places where they've they're totally frozen don't have any movement you could put in some (laughs) bodily sounds of various sorts yeah Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I if they were in past episodes, but I noticed noticed the dark silhouettes of characters. I mean, it's just like a, a black shadow in the background. There's not actually yeah, they do. That's that's something that filmation uh, does in a lot of their shows, but they do it a lot here, definitely, especially for motion, like when the character is running and stuff like that. They do that a lot. It, it's a neat effect. I wish I didn't see it and think. They're trying to save money every day time. I wish I saw it and thought it was more of a conscious choice for the cool effect of it. But how do you, how do you guys feel? Is it as far as animated series episodes go so far? It's about it's middle average, of above yeah. average, below average. For the animated series, I'd say it's it's about middle of the road. I mean, it's. I'd agree with that. Te- yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. I don't think it's the weirdest episode we're going to talk about today. You guys have anything for what it's about? Um, I think they're, you know, they're just this computer, you know, having to do things against its will, serve people, and it wasn't aware. I mean, uh, it's not really clear what they're kind of trying to say, but you know, they threw slavery in there. Um, I don't even. I don't know if they were trying to talk about slavery. That slavery is bad, and that you shouldn't make things do things against their will. I might be just reaching here, but kind of what I. A little bit of what I. Got. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, in some ways, it's tough to have a really good. I got a good episode that really sums up what's about, and feel like it's they're fleshing out the idea really well because of the time factor involved. I'm not saying that's just an excuse because there's stuff out there that's this length that's that's quite good and does that, but I think it's hard to. It's hard to say, you know, even even when a pretty good episode, that has to be like really good to really feel like it's getting a message across sometimes. But I mean, I guess if anything, it's um yeah, it's 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 about this. Obviously, the in a way, the computer is is self conscious and defensive about the notion that it has to follow people's instructions. I mean, I suppose one could read anything into it, like, you know, in a way, we're all we all serve something, you know, and so I mean, it's it's. It's just kind of sometimes it's perspective in a way, you know. Yeah. I guess you know, like, you know, everything has a purpose. They, you know, they, you know, Lahore at the end, you know, she's like, you have a gift to make people happy. You should use it. So. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's do six degrees for Once Upon a Planet. All the questions today. That's not true. <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> I thought all today's questions were. Uh, episode title questions, and then I so I realized this very first one isn't. <laughs> uh, that's because I didn't ask it the way I meant to. Anyway, um, Adam. Yes. This episode is a sequel to Shore Leave. What season was Shore Leave in the original series? Was it season two? No, and I will not give that one to Steve. It was season one. Moving on. <laughs>
Mud's Passion, Season 1, Episode 10, Production Code 22008, Original Air Date, November 10th, 1973, Directed by Hal Sutherland, Written by Stephen Candle, Guest Appearance by Roger C. Carmel as Harry Mudd. The Enterprise receives orders to arrest Federation outlaw Harry Mudd, who is accused of selling fake love crystals. Intercepting Harry on the mining colony of Motherlode, they bring him aboard. However, after convincing Nurse Chapel to try and use the love crystals to win the affection of Mr. Spock, Mud abducts her, steals the shuttlecraft, and escapes to a rocky planet. It's really so simple, my dear. You rub the liquid on yourself, then touch another person. And it creates love in that person? <laughs> Mud, that is totally absurd. No, it is infallible. This might be the funniest episode in all of Star Trek. I don't know if it's... I don't know. I think it's supposed to be funny, but I don't think it's exactly supposed to be funny the way that I think it's funny. Yeah, I think that's a good assessment, yeah. But I'm not exactly... I don't mean that I'm laughing at it either, but it's pretty darn funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, holy crap, crap. When they're down on the planet, and I think it's Kirk, transporter room, beam us up now, and then it's a hard cut to... <laughs> To the transporter engineer, like dancing with somebody. <laughs> oh, and like there's just like this little dancing music just for that shot, and then it comes back down to the serious planet stuff. <laughs> with the rock monster and everything. Oh my god, that is so incredibly funny. Wow. Or um, did you guys notice Lieutenant Eric's? Is that his name, Eric's? Yeah. After Spock says, "My Christine." That whistle that he does? Yes, yes, yes. I oh my, my god! Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny! Oh, that's funny. <laughs> That'd be another fun little thing, is like intercut that in between various spots within the same episode. Like it just keeps happening, and you're like, oh. That. <laughs> uh, this one very much felt like a Saturday mor- morning cartoon, more so than most of the episodes yeah. so far. Like I said, it's kind of goofy, you know, you got the crazy rock monsters... Is it weird that the rock monsters eat the crystals? Isn't there like a relationship between rocks and crystals and things? You're not supposed to eat your own? Is that what you're saying? I guess, yeah. Kind of there was something a little bit creepy about that. Mm. Yeah, okay. Me. Maybe Kirk just had good aim. He just threw him in his mouth. He didn't really eat, want to eat him. They were thrown. Mm. That's true, that's true. I like uh, Spock. That is an outstandingly stupid idea. <laughs> but then he immediately says, sorry, the drug. <laughs> that's something you could cut into yes. a lot of stuff. Yeah. He could say whatever he wants. And, sorry, the drug. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that was a month ago, Spock. <laughs> the drug. <laughs> There's a lot of fun like references to, uh, you know, like at the beginning, I think they give the whole detail about what happened the last time we saw mud and stuff, where he was left and things. Yeah. So there's some fun like references to that stuff. But anyway, uh, uh, Adam, you want to tell us your thoughts on Mud's passion? Like I said, it was it was a fun episode. Like I said, you know these these obviously were Saturday morning cartoons. Um, even though they don't feel like Saturday morning cartoons, this so far this is the first one that felt. Like I said, it was fun. It was goofy. It had a lot, you know. There's Chapel. We all, you know, she's always had a crush on Spock, so she gets a chance to to love potion him, and we get some get to see funny stuff from Spock, like we mentioned before, the drug. Um, Mud's always fun, you know. He was fun in the original series, so it, it's it, it was probably a good idea to bring him back just to kind of have a lot of fun with this episode. It's 
goofy as anything that you'll see in Star Trek. Like I said, the, the rock monsters monsters are so ridiculous they're actually funny. So um <laughs> said, I don't know when we when we get to what it's about, I don't really know what the episode's really about, but um like I said, I mean, you know, we all had a chuckle and a laugh from it <laughs> and um um it was entertaining. Steve? Yeah, um, you know what's funny, and I didn't forgot to mention anything about this in the uh, last episode we reviewed, is that you know you know Star Trek Discovery is you know will start up in the last few weeks, and uh, there's so many little nuggets, you know. I mean, obviously the the creators of that show know this show too, and so we have uh, in that last episode there was the uh, you know Spock spoke of the th- through the looking glass that his mom read him which is reference in discovery but also yeah totally that was interesting and i that i never registered that before except most of these episodes i've only seen once or twice before and then and then of course mud again you know and mud it plays a part in discovery too so it's it, that's kind of fun um but uh yeah kind of just echoing what you guys said otherwise on this one it's it, there it's it is funny it's it's supposed to be com- comical but there's also just comical like goofy comical stuff just because it's, it's absurd comical stuff too that makes it a fun just a, just a fun silly episode that i don't know has much meaning behind it but and then the the episode title sounds like a drink that struck me there's not a whole lot of t- episode titles that sound like a drink but this definitely does <laughs> give me mud yeah, passion me... it's a fruity drink right though. right maybe with a, a dash of like some a kind of, yeah like you put like a kalua in it or something i don't know what... i don't know yeah i wouldn't think fruity mud seems more chocolatey Right. Hmm. Well, I think I was thinking passion fruit, maybe. All right. So maybe it's a mix. Strawberry. Yeah, strawberry goes good with chocolate. So you think mm-hmm. so. strawberry passion. I like the um. They had some new um, new shuttlecraft. The the shuttlecrafts kind of had a different design than we haven't seen before. So those were kind of interesting. You know, obviously with animation, you know, the shuttlecraft when they were flying it, you know, the windows were much bigger, so you could see out of it. So that was interesting. The rock monster crushed it like a can. Yeah, you can tear up the stuff a lot more economically than you could in the original series. In a similar way to there being a little bit of satisfaction with uh, the previous episode as a sequel to Shore Leave. You know, this one, I, I feel enough of that uh, satisfaction of seeing Mud mm-hmm. again. You know, like he's a real, real enough, fleshed out enough character, even in this little animated thing, uh, that I find it satisfying. You know, I don't feel cheated at all. Mm-hmm. At the same time, it's it is goofy and nutty in a way that they could not have done on the live action original series, and it's it's got enough stuff that's taking advantage of the medium. Um, I guess I'm talking myself into thinking this is probably a little bit better episode than I gave it credit for. <laughs> you know, it is a comedy that's supposed to be funny, and I always say it's hard for me to argue with a comedy that makes me laugh. Right, right. There were just a couple of times that I wasn't sure if they really intended <laughs> so is this episode about anything finding love in all the wrong places that's the parenthetical title after Mud's passion <laughs> <laughs> you know like you said um brian you know there's a lot of laugh out even in the beginning of the episode where spock shoots the phaser and this whole gully to keep himself from the miners i was like that was kind of yeah that's there's just a lot of over the top in this episode what was it um scotty and oh, i can't remember her name the the new, the, the Morris, yeah. And I guess what it, I I guess what at the end I guess that one of the side effects is you end up hating the person that you were in love with. Is that did, did I get that right at the end? That why? So, 
Scotty and her, and then Nurse Chapel ended up hating Spock. Is that what the episode's about? <laughs> yeah. You always hate the ones you love? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that's what mm. that saying goes. But I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm asking that question, is that I, because at the very end, you know, Spock's like, you know, an instant of love and seven hours of hate. And I, yeah, it's quite the hangover from that love pill, I guess. Yeah. You know, they're always they're always trying to say there's there's no um everything's got it you gotta pay for it somehow. Right. Just so you know, you know. Steve? Yeah, I don't know that I have anything beyond what we've kind of thrown about here, you know. I I think I think it is fun and I think it is saying something that it's and for the animated series, it's an episode, you know, yeah, I'll pop it in and watch it again just for fun, you know, because there's not a whole lot of them like that, you know, but um, I don't know that I have anything concrete for a moral or what it's about. All right, let's do six degrees for Mud's passion. Uh, Adam had the last one. Steve? Yep. This episode is a sequel to two episodes of the original series, Name Them. Mud's Women and I Mud. Very good. Steve has one. Moving on. The Terraton Incident, Season 1, Episode 11, Production Code 22015. Original air date November 17th, 1973. Directed by Hal Sutherland, written by Paul Schneider. While observing a burnt-out supernova, the Enterprise picks up a strange message transmitted in a 200-year-old Earth code. The signal is traced to a nearby planet. When the Enterprise enters orbit, it is hit by an energy beam of spheroid radiation that damages its dilithium crystals and makes the crew begin to shrink. In the name of the Terratan people, I forbid you to destroy us, Captain Kirk. You forbid me after what you've done to my people? I am mandant of all this city, equal in command to yourself. We are people of pride, Captain, equal to your own. We neither suffer insult nor give apology for actions. This episode is a good example of just just, you know, they've been out there, they've had so many missions, the Enterprise crew is just used to nuttiness, mm-hmm. because I think they're like, I guess we're just teeny tiny now. Alright, cool. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Alright. Got it. Let's let's go. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a mess, a little bit, this one. I mean, you got... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's just... I don't know why they have to mix all this together. You know, you have this colony of people, and so they're stranded, but let's shrink them. And when they call for help, it does something to shrink who they're calling for help. And what a weird way to call for help. And um, strange animals about, and nope, they get out too, and glowing things. I mean, it, it's just such a it's a it's a cluster, you know. Um, yeah, I agree. There's a they try. I think they tried to do too much in the 20 plus minutes that they had for this episode. It felt a little bit more like a an original series episode. This is obviously kind of you know there's nothing. There's this is this isn't like the last two episodes where it's a sequel to the Amusement Planet or Mud. This is kind of an original storyline. So it just seems like they tried to pack up a, a lot of stuff into 20 minutes, and even the ending is like super fast and. Like you're, I almost had to. I almost, I didn't, but I almost felt like I, I gotta watch the last five minutes again because it it happened so quickly and I didn't quite understand is Kirk gonna leave these people there because he's pissed and then all of a sudden he beans them back. So 
There's a, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a, a little bit there's like a that. Lot, there's a there's right? a ton of stuff going on here, and I, and I agree with Steve that it's just kind of it's not very well organized. Um, I, I like the concept of the of the shrinking crew. It's kind of it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think they tried to do too much in the the twenty minutes they had here, and they probably lost a lot of their kids in this episode too because they're like, what's going? What are they talking about? So, yeah. Well, the shrinking people is another example of you know, something they could never have done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On the live action show. Even today that would be hard, but just be expensive. Yeah. Like I, I, I could imagine them building like oversized control panels made of wood right. and putting ladders in front of them. <laughs> uh, I mean that, 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 the, that kind of sequence was, I, I imagine somebody getting the idea for that sequence and then writing the yeah. episode around <laughs> I like how they still manage to get uh, around the ship pretty quickly being, you know, two inches high. But again, that's the kind of thing like, yeah. well, uh, you know, we're just a couple inches high, so we need some kind of ladder to get up to the buttons. Got it. Let's go. <laughs> you know, just, Not just <laughs> everyone goes insane from the concept, you know, or whatever, like reality. We're <laughs> <laughs> not even having a conversation about it. Like, like maybe down in, you know, in some little small part of the, like, Lower Decks thing, somebody's like, man, this is just weird. Yeah. You know? We're, like, two inches tall. Does nobody... Am I the only one that thinks that's weird? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sulu didn't like it. He seemed he was the only one that kind of freaked out. Yeah, you know, freaking out there. See, that's, that's that's the point of this, right? I mean, you don't have much time in these things, right? So instead of packing in too much stuff, pick something. I mean, if you want to roll with, we can do this people shrinking down because it's animated, then find a way to, like, just that. You know, like, we, we do that, and for whatever reason it causes that, and then how do people deal with the fact that we're shrunk down, and how do they work together, and what does that reveal about their characters or something? Do that, yeah. not all this stuff about the planet and why are they short and sending a distress signal and that makes them short too. And it's... yeah, you literally get you literally get a thirty second explanation about the inhabitants of the planet, and it's kind of like what? <laughs> They're Earthlings and they got there and they shrunk. It's so it's very fast. And cool. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a reasonably intelligent guy, and I had to like replay the <laughs> section where they kind of yeah. explained this episode at least two times to kind of f basically follow right. what the hell the story yeah. was. You know? I mean, that's that's too much, obviously. I think they could have, you know, they could have just dropped that whole civilization thing and, and simplified this episode. It would have been a, a little more entertaining. You're saying they, they should have shrunk the concept down? Ooh, maybe. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's oh, on fire tonight. Yeah, this I guess this is probably the weakest episode for today, but I don't I'm not a huge fan of that. Well, I don't know. The next one has enough cool things in it that even if I don't care for the episode so much, it's the cool stuff. This one doesn't have I don't know. Yeah, this one has this one is kind of a mess, I agree. Is it about anything? Don't judge a man by his size. Hmm. <laughs> what what's the deal with the the dilithium crystals here? Like how were they affected? I kind of gave up. I don't, I don't. I'm, the only thing that I kind of got is the molecules were susceptible to the radiation that was being given off. I don't know. But they're not organic, yeah. right? They talked about 
organic matter was contracting, right. the dilithium, dilithium crystals wouldn't be organic. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we got to find out that their their clothes are made out of algae. That was interesting. No co- no cotton peri- polyolithane or whatever our stuff's made out of. You know, this is the kind of episode that makes me think about that. You know, for the people that want it, it would it would make it would make sense in some ways to say the animated series is canon. It's got two seasons. They were on a five-year mission. There you go. Years four and five. But it's episodes like this. Like I mean, practically, realistically, how is this ever canon? Really, you know? I mean, it's just, it's, it's just too borderline nutty. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess they all could collectively just decide to forget about it. You know, it's like let's just pretend this didn't happen. <laughs> this and the the magics of Megas two and things. You know, it's just. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you—that's the thing. If you want to say it, I mean, I guess right now the the official word is, I guess we're considering it all canon, but it doesn't mean we have to reference it every other day or whatever either. Yeah. So, I mean, it is weird though. It's it's. It... There there were plenty of bad episodes in the original series that. If I've never made that clear, I want it to be canon. Yeah. I I it makes me it allows me to enjoy it in a much yeah. deeper way when I think of it as canon. When I hear people. And I mean this in a general way, not even necessarily Star Trek. When you hear people talk about, oh, you know, saying something is or isn't canon is is overrated or shouldn't be. Like whenever, uh, you know, a couple of years ago when Disney took over um, Lucas and, and just decided around, when was that? Like when Force Awakens came out, I talked about this, I think. When they just said, you know what, all the books that have been written for the last, whatever, <laughs> 40 years none of that stuff happened all the books going forward are canon you know i mean to me that was such a huge deal and like i was so glad that i was not a star wars nut <laughs> who had read all those books yeah, yeah. you know uh and, you know and at least over here uh they've always made it clear that the books are not canon for yeah. example well in a weird way i mean that's just in the um perception of the the fan i mean you know if you you if you read all those star wars books or try but you could consider it canon or not i mean you know that's just kind of in the eye of the beholder. I don't think they... Well, that that breaks down whenever something literally contradicts something else. But I'm with you. I kind of... I think of these as canon just because it's all the original cast. It's It, it feels like Star Trek, so I, I do consider these, like you said, to kind of the, the fourth and fifth season. Now, I mean, obviously there are plenty of goofy episodes in the animated series. They are... They, it was for a different audience. It was... They put it on Saturday morning, which is... You know, I, you know, and they didn't, you know, some of the episodes like Mud's Passion felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. This one felt, this actually felt more like an original series episode, oddly enough, but I mean, it was like all over the place. But I mean, you know, we can go back and there's plenty of original series episodes where we're like, you probably wouldn't like to think of it as canon, but it's, it is, it, it happened. It's part of it. But like Steve said, I mean, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to, you know. You don't have to go back and remember this episode and be like, yeah, this is part of it. Well, I think one thing, you know, having the, like you said, having the original voices is such a big thing. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I try to imagine, I would actually, and I bring that up because I thought about that as I was watching uh, one of these episodes. I remember the next one. I thought about, like, would I enjoy this if it was not the original voices? Would I enjoy it if they made a, a new show and made the likeness of, like the original series people, but it wasn't them doing the voices? Because oh, I know why I thought of it. It's the next one where 
Jimmy Dewan does core. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not what core sounds like, right? But you know, but in, in a general way, like if this series didn't have James Dewan and Leonard Nimoy and James Dewan and William Shatner and James Dewan, <laughs> that would affect me. Like, would I even would I enjoy it in the way that I do? And the answer is, I don't think so. No. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I probably agree with that, Brian. Uh, so, is this episode about anything? Sorry, I kind of interrupted myself when I asked that earlier. I don't think so. No. <laughs> what if I gave you a penny to make something up? It's going to cost you more than a penny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, uh, the, only, the only thing I came up with is uh, don't judge a man by his size or don't judge a civilization by its size, I guess. I don't know. I mean, because, you know, I mean, if you want me to reach, you know, this this little tiny human civilization which is weird to begin with that has been shrunk you know they're attack they seem to be attacking the enterprise but they're really not they're trying to communicate it with them and and everything was a mis miscommunication misjudgment and yeah so don't um don't take everything at face value i guess that's, that's if you want something brian that's the only thing that sounds good let's do six degrees for the Terrickson incident. Uh, let's see. Steve, do you want this one or the next one? Uh, I'll take it, sure. This episode features some Enterprise crew members shrunk down. I'm reaching here, but name the DS9 episode where the DS9 crew gets shrunk, shrunk down. Oh, jeez. I'll give you a hint. I'll give you one word okay. from the title. Ship. Uh, one little ship? You are correct. One little ship. Steve has two. Moving on. The Time Trap, Season 1, Episode 12. Production code 22010. Original air date, November 24th, 1973. Directed by Hal Sutherland. Written by Joyce Perry. While exploring the Delta Triangle, where many starships have disappeared, the Enterprise is attacked by several Klingon vessels. The Enterprise and one of the Klingon battle cruisers are drawn into a space-time vortex and end up in a timeless dimension in what could only be called a graveyard for space vessels. Captain Kirk and his crew are shocked to find that descendants of the crews of these various vessels are still alive and have formed a government. We were fired upon first and returned fire. The Clothos deflectors turned aside our phaser fire and then disappeared. I don't know why. But we are in the Delta Triangle. I do not accept this. Frankly, Commander, what you accept is of little importance to me. Enterprise out. Adam, kick us off on Time Trap. Um, I kind of like this episode, Um, to be honest. I, you know, you like the Klingons. You like, I like the Klingons battling back and forth. I like, um, I love, one of the things I love about Star Trek is all the different ships and designs and that kind of thing. I have a fascination not just with, with Star Trek ships, with, with all ships seafaring ships and all sorts of things so the idea of a space graveyard is um fascinating to me so i i like the idea that i wish they could have spent more time in there but obviously this it's a 20 minute episode um we were talking about canon in the last episode what was the 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 starship that said that first had warp drive it looked like a little miniature yeah um enterprise so that's obviously incorrect um as far as canon goes um like I said, um, as the previous episode before, it felt more like an original series episode. This one felt more like an original series episode, too. Um, 
obviously, I think if you made this episode today, the um, Klingons wouldn't quite be as spineless and gutless. I don't, you know, the Klingons of today that have been fleshed out and, you know, through DS9 and various movies and all that kind of stuff, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't put a little poison pill to destroy the Enterprise. That would be, that would meet be no honor, especially from um, Kor, who we, we learned from DS9 is a very honorable Klingon. But overall, I, I, I kind of liked it. I liked the story idea. It's, um, it, it flowed pretty well. It wasn't like the last episode where it was just so much stuff going on. You couldn't keep track of everything. So I guess it's also kind of interesting, uh, civilization living in a time warp bubble, even though it's kind of weird, but yeah, it's kind of my first thoughts. Steve? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's not too, not too bad. Um, I, you know, it's got a, a character coming back, core, you know, so that's fun. Uh, even though as we addressed, it's not his voice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's cool. And I mean, I think we've seen this kind of idea before the notion of, um, adversaries, um, you know, when, when stuck in some other place or time or situation, you know, working together and forming like a group or a council as they are, um, as they've done. So that's, that's interesting. And the rules that and kind of order that comes out of that kind of situation, um, Obviously, you know, there's something meaningful going on here. The idea that we've got to work together if we want to get out. And it's kind of surprising no one else has thought of that. Maybe by the time they thought of it, it was already too late. <laughs> Whatever it was that keeps them there that I don't fully understand, you know. Um, it's also kind of surprising that they have a little pill that can blow up a ship. That's pretty scary, you know, they can carry around. But Be very careful where you store that. Like, don't put it next to your vitamins, for example. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. swallow that. Right, totally. Give you indigestion. Yeah. Yeah. They should probably have not made it look that way, but, you know. Right, it should look like a little skull head or something, like poison, you know, or something, just yeah, to throw you sure. off. Yeah, the Spock stuff was kind of goofy. Um, oh, yeah, he, he gets He had to touch them. I mean, I guess he could touch people. To... The best part is the way, was it McCoy who described it? I've never seen him acting like a pal before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a line out of a Hardy Boys novel, you yeah. know. It's like... <laughs> What a pal. <laughs> and Kirk puts that in his log today. Spock acted like a pal. <laughs> For the record, let's note the time. And... <laughs> My favorite moment in this episode is a, almost a throwaway, but it's, it's just that pan over the alien council. And we see all these alien species from the original series, and even a couple that were just from the animated or whatever. And then a couple that we I don't think we've seen before or since, but that was a really great moment. Even, mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That was really fun. I think the last one was even a Gorn. The Gorn looked pretty good animated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you like the episode, Brian? Uh, I, I liked it enough. Like you, I, I, I really liked the moment where they, they see all these ships floating by... I I like the Alien Council. Like I said, I think there was enough. There were enough things like that in it that I liked a lot. That I it made that overall I enjoyed it. I think if I think about kind of the story in general, I don't know. It, it seems to be missing some pieces or something. But uh, it's like it definitely has enough things that I. Yeah, I'd kind of agree. I mean, you know, with the with the twenty minutes that you know, like I said, the last episode where they tried to pack as much in as they could, this one kind of lacked a few things. It would have been. It would have been cool, like, this would have been a better episode, um, you know, hour-long episode, because you could have fleshed out, you know, all these 
this council and, you know, the characters that were there and, you know, maybe even kind of had a planet because it seemed kind of weird that they would be able to live for centuries just on ships with no food or water to, you know, so that was kind yeah. of weird, but, yeah. um, but I, yeah, I do agree with you that there's, it's kind of the opposite of the last episode there. You kind of left wanting a little bit more out of this one. Uh, side note, I've talked about how I, maybe I wasn't very impressed with the uh, Blu-rays I've been watching. I flipped this, and I watched these on blue. Uh, this episode, I turned it on after I'd already watched it on Blu-ray and put my Blu-rays away. I pulled it up on Netflix because I was just curious. To, I needed to check something else. And in doing so, it made me really appreciate the Blu-rays. <laughs> mm. yeah. You know, I mean, I have like a really high bitrate Netflix here. Uh, so it wasn't like compression or something. It clearly, the Blu-rays clearly have better resolution, better color. Uh, yeah, so I will, I will not moan up and complain about the Blu-rays anymore. Mm-hmm. They look pretty darn good for this show. Cool. You guys got anything for what this one is about? Well, I think Steve alluded to it earlier. It's, um, you know, cooperation. You know, obviously you have the council, you have all these different races that had to come together to survive. And, um, you see that obviously with, um, Kirk and core, you know, if they had any chance of, um, getting back to their, their world and their lives, they had to, they had to come together. And it's about, you know, a lot of it's kind of about working together to overcome obstacles. Yeah. And unfortunately it seems that oftentimes it takes, you know, a, a situation like being forced into it to come to that conclusion that we've got to cooperate, you know, I mean, they, you know, they are all trapped there and they have to do this and just to escape, we have to work with our greatest enemy. And that's often, that's often true. I think that, you know, a lot of times if we're self-sufficient or feel that we are, it, it, it lends itself to just being a competitive and adversarial and something then it takes uh, maybe a desperate situation or a common enemy or something of that nature to actually cooperate and come together. Let's do six degrees for the time trap. Uh, let's see. Adam, you get the last one, right? Yep. Among the aliens in the council was a Velosian plant dude that we just saw in another episode of the animated series. Name that episode. That episode, the plant dude? Was that... Remember those plant species of plant guys? One of those guys was at the council, and we just talked about that episode on our last podcast, so what was the name of that one? Well, I think we mm. talked about it last time, yeah. The last time, that would have been... You know what? I gave Steve a word, so I'll give you one. The. Okay. Vulcan. I'll give you Vulcan. Vulcan? Oh, yeah, it's the infinite Vulcan. Very good. Infinite Vulcan. Adam gets one. Steve takes it for the day two to one. I guess our next podcast will finish out the first season of the animated series. Folks, let's see. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash trekcompanion. Our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. The coolest thing you could do would be leave a review on iTunes. That is how people find us. Everybody be nice to Brian. His Dodgers lost last night. That's why we're late. He's very sad today. <laughs> the Dodgers, I like them, and that's my city, but uh, they're not my team. Come on. <laughs> I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. 
Adam and I are excited. We're going to actually see each other in person on Monday for the first time in years. <laughs> uh, so that'll be cool. Trey's wedding, right? God, was that the last time? Wow. I think so. Yeah, probably. That was when we first talked about doing this podcast, yeah, man. Yeah. What are, well, you and Steve came out for the 40th. That was before. But yeah, that was before we started this podcast. Yeah, that was years before this podcast when we came yeah. to Chicago for the yeah. Creations 40th Anniversary Convention. Time flies. Uh, all right, so folks, thank you for spending an hour with us, and um, we're going to finish out animated series first season on our next podcast. And until then, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.